Roll, tape is rolling. Action. <laughs> I'm in a glass case of emotion. I'm in a glass case <laughs> of emotion. I'm Carl, and I'm an addict alcoholic, among other things. And my sobriety is August 22nd, 2014. I'm Chelsea. I'm an alcoholic, and my sobriety date is February 19th, 2015. This is SoberPod. SoberPod.com. 366 fucking days sober. Yeah. SoberPod, keep it authentic, no facades. If it's real, then you know it's ours. Welcome. SoberPod is a podcast dedicated to the idea that one addict or alcoholic helping another is crucial to building a life in recovery. Join us on this season as we read from our book, 366 Fucking Days Sober. And as always, stay active, stay sober. First and foremost, I do want to... Did you listen to like our the, the break audio at all? Did you listen to it at all? Mm, I think so, I listened... Like it popped on my phone and then I like tuned it out. You're like, <laughs> as soon as Carl came up, you're like, fuck that shit. No. I talked to him way too much. <laughs> so... uh. You know, I I was sitting there and I was like, I was, I didn't even it didn't even I was I recorded it, I think early in the morning, right? Because we were like, all right, we're we gonna are we gonna do something? And then I fucking saw that like our um our reading was uh, to take a break, right? You're like, I'm a fucking genius. Yeah, I was, I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, plan that one, man. You know, um, but um, but then when I read it, right? Like I do, I don't know what to do. I don't know if you gotta like listen to it again. I literally um. I uh I started say, who's the dude that plays Jack Sparrow again? I can always I never remember his name. Um Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, right? I literally it sounds like Johnny Depp a little bit. I'm not <laughs> shitting you. It's like go listen to it. it. Sounds like he's like like when he's drunk though, you know what I mean? Not that <laughs> <laughs> I was just listening to it, I was just because it just came on, right? I hadn't listened to it. It just came on like yesterday, I think last last night or something. And I was just going through podcasts, and all of a sudden it comes on. I'm like, oh, yeah. there!" And then it sounds with me like with a morning voice or something. I sound <laughs> like Johnny Depp, which is kind of weird. Anyway, um, so I do want to thank um, all the ex-party people f- who have purchased the book, by the way. Uh, we are, like, check this out. Just, I know it's not, it would, we haven't hit triple digits yet, but 97 books have been sold. I just want to say that's awesome, right? Yeah, I know it was like 80 cool. like the last time we were here. When did but, it come out again? Was it in uh, May? Uh, I, yeah. Um. Oh, geez, I don't even remember when. Do you remember when? I don't really. It yeah, was either way, uh, it was about a month ago. Yeah, it was about, yeah. about a month. So, um, so that's cool, just for what it is, and 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 the fact is, is like you know, every purchase helps us to like maintain and you know do what we do, and hopefully we can do like you know if there's extras, quote unquote, moving forward. Hopefully we can um. Um, you know, start to give back even more. So we'll find ways to do that shit. So um, I just think it's really exciting that the book is well-received. People have been um, commenting to me personally on it. You know, uh, all the reviews that I have paid to be put on Amazon have really (laughs) (laughs) benefited. Oh, I did find out one thing, though, really fucking sucks, is, um, talk about fucking, um, that uh, um, Amazon has a database of, like, millions of books, right? So... This book may not appear if you search for it, or it may ser- appear if you search for it, because depending on the database that they have going on, 
Hmm. Isn't that really weird? Like some days it comes up, some days it doesn't. Some days it does, some days it doesn't. So it's a little weird. So so if you are looking for this book, you got to go to silverpod.com and there is a link for it right off the homepage to buy the book. So by all means, um, check that shit out. So 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 we're just going to say go to silverpod.com to find a link to buy yeah. the book. Yeah, yeah Amazon. I was going to give you some credit there, Amazon, but no, not anymore. You just go to our page first. Um, so yeah, I would, really would like to thank everybody who's purchased the book and all that stuff. Okay, and then Chelsea, you do have your book, right? I do. It's on my kitchen counter. Oh, so it's you're doing the podcast and it can't be Chelsea. It it has to be the perfect <laughs> day where my hair is perfect, my makeup's lo- looking great, and then I can open it and be like, <gasps> and take a nice photo with it. You know. Okay. All right. Either way, I, um, I'm building it up, Carl. All right. So, uh, so but you did get one at least. Yes, I did. Okay, wh- what did you think of the overall quality? Did did the spine match up for you? I haven't even opened the box, Carl. You haven't opened the box yet. <laughs> I know what it is, and I'm savoring. What if I the put like thousand dollars in there or something? You know. Well, then I'd be even more surprised. <laughs> <laughs> the anticipation is killing me. All right. Well, either way, uh, when you do when you do get it, notice notice the box spine and please. I'm 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 trying not to fix it so anymore. So just don't don't tell me if it is messed up. Just say it's fine. Just say it's, it's great, perfect. Carl. It's great. It's great. It's great, Carl. All right. So what are we doing? We are. Um, so what we do is we read this book, and then we discuss whatever the is on that page. Much like you know you would like a standard you know meditation book meeting kind of a deal, except it's just between me and Chelsea. So you get to know me and Chelsea a little bit better every day that you listen. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but. Um, <laughs> I do know that um, uh, I enjoy doing it. It's kept me sober, so fuck you. So <laughs> <laughs> it's about me, damn it. It's all about me, goddamn. Um, but um, but hey, if you guys are interested, we did the same thing with Living Sober Book. We would listen to a chapter actually on the aa.org website, and then we would um, and we talk about what we just listened to. It's kind of neat. So you guys can go all the way back to what was the name of uh, New Beginnings mm-hmm. is the name of the episode, and it was back in. Uh, uh, Back in the old days of 2022, by golly. Um, and so <laughs> so right now we're going to go and just read in this book. Um, Chelsea, do you want me to read this one? Yes. It's your okay. turn. It is my turn. And actually, I really like this one. So, uh, so we're titling this one, what was it again? Glass Case of Emotion. Glass Case of Emotion. I'm in a glass case of emotion. So here's the reading for June 19th. That's all that we're going to say. Uh, some of us needed, oh, some of us used alcohol and drugs to regulate our emotions and push down all the things we could not live with daily. Some of us found life too painful to bear. Alcohol and drugs worked to suppress negative emotions. For some, we thought we had found the magical cure to all life's issues. It worked. But what we didn't know is that it's su- here comes like the really negative music, but what we didn't know, dun dun dun. <laughs> but, but what we didn't know is that it suppressed the good stuff too. Uh, as it took away the pain, it also took away the joy. Utter, utterly unaware of our chosen medication side effects, we continued into an into oblivion. Then, when we got sober, the tsunami of emotion that was held back by drugs and alcohol for for so long came roaring and crashing back to the shores. Of our consciousness. It's pretty good writing by me, but I just want to say. Uh, (laughs) 
really sticking with the metaphor. All right. Ill-prepared, we begin to seek help the best we can. For some, this pain is too much to withstand, and we fold under the weight of these new emotions. Uh, Reflections. Do you have emotional intelligence, and were or are you prepared to understand your emotions, and do you need additional help? Uh, Daily challenge. Visit soberpod.com slash glass case of emotion to download an ebook. So we, we had done an ebook like, I don't know what it was like tw- when was 2020? Mm-hmm, uh, we did like, an, like that. an ebook. Yeah. For, um, for emotional intelligence. And we also have, by the way, if you go to glass case of emotion, that URL again, you get like a, um, a bunch of other, uh, articles and other things from our membership section other than the ebook that are also available down below. So you'll see all those things that'll come up, that kind of stuff. Okay. So June 19th, Chelsea, what do you think of the idea of, um, the tsunami of emotions? Well, let's go back. First of all, um, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, what we used alcohol and drugs for really, you know, is that, you know, we thought it worked and it, and, and it did. I mean, as, as far as I'm concerned, um, I think I said in the past too, it's like, you know, I'm really glad that I had, uh, uh, found alcohol and drugs. I thought that that was like, like when I'm looking back on it, I'm like, you know, most people are like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but I was really, because had it not been for alcohol and drugs, I don't think that I would have been able to withstand like all the, I was, dude, I was highly sensitive as a kid. So, um, so I think I probably would have just blown my brains out or slashed my wrists or jumped off a, you know, bridge or did whatever, like just to escape all of me right Mm -hmm. and so when i found alcohol and drugs it like it it like it it just smoothed me out like it just it just did everything that it was supposed to do right like i mean as far as i was concerned i had found the secret to living and to me um that i found it in alcohol and drugs isn't that just a terrible thing to say like but Put that on a billboard. People be alcoholism is the spice of life. (laughs) But it's true. It did. It saved me. It totally saved me. Right. But I didn't understand like what it was doing too. Like I didn't understand that like it. Like once you suppressed all that bad stuff, it also suppressed all the good stuff. Like I didn't have. You know, I went through my formative years. You know, when you're supposed to be like, you know having good times and dating people and falling in love and, you know, all that other shit. Like I didn't do any of that stuff. You know, I was literally like, I, when you're supposed to be like figuring out how relationships work, I was like, you know, <laughs> how do you smoke this? <laughs> you, know, like, how do you, you know, what is this tinfoil for? You know, I didn't, I didn't have like a, a, you know, that basis of, you know, of emotional register that other people did. Right. Like mm-hmm. I just, just didn't have that. So, um, so what do you think about that for yourself in, in your terms? Like, uh, how did it go for you? Yeah, I totally relate to that. I mean, uh, I, I feel much the same that, um, you know, I had, I had privilege in my life, especially as a child, but I also had a very difficult childhood and, um, you know, there were things that were hard for me to deal with. And, you know, I, I used all the appropriate, uh, avenues. Like I did sports, I did music, like I, you know, all those things, but then I found alcohol and partying. Um, and, 
everything else, I was like, fuck that shit. Like, I don't care because this is fast. This works fast. And, um, you know, I'm like, people like me, like I, you know, I'm more sociable. Um, and I only saw good things from it other than the potential for like my mom to find, like catch me drinking, you know? And, (laughs) and I, uh, you know, I let it consume me even like as a teen, you know, I, I, I've said before, my mom threatened to send me to treatment if I didn't stop. And for whatever reason, it scared me enough to stop. You know, I wasn't that far gone. Currently, like, she's like in like mental care. What does she do again? She's a doctor of social work, so she's a therapist. Well, see, she's and, yeah. So, so your mom yeah. being a therapist is threatening to send you to treatment, which I really yeah. love, by the way. It's kind of <laughs> like the priests saying, "I'm going to send you to hell." <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, it was like you know, I had that initial drink, and I was just like, "I want to do this all the time, every day, for the rest of my life," because this is amazing. Like I don't have to be me. I get to be a different person who doesn't have the problems, you know, while they're drinking. Um, and of course I would be hung over and feel shitty and like even worse than I did, you know, before I started drinking, but then I would just go get drunk again. And, and it was just this perpetual cycle of avoiding the hard things that I went through. Um, and, and a lot of it is, um, tied to like my trauma. You know, I, mm-hmm. I had significant trauma in my teen years and, uh, my early adult life, um, that changed me, you know, really in a terrible way. And having alcohol there, much like you were saying was, was almost, um, a gift or a blessing that bought me some more time, um, before I did something you know, like kill myself or, mm-hmm. um, you know, something, something as drastic as that. So as terrible as it sounds, it was kind of the lesser of two evils, um, until, until it wasn't right. So, yeah. um, I, I think it's just interesting because you talk about like how, how you weren't focused on like, you know, hanging out with girls and like learning how to grow up in a sense. And I feel like I felt much the same. Like I, when I started drinking the rest of my development as a person just got put on hold. Mm -hmm. And so when I stopped drinking, I was still that like scared, emotional teenager that didn't know how to cope with life while all of my friends were like married and having kids. And I'm just like the fuck. Like, I mean, not the definition <laughs> of maturity. I just want to say, no, <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> married and having kids does not define maturity, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Right? Well, it's I mean, like, they were making big life decisions yeah, and like yeah. happy about it. And I'm sitting here like, uh, I mean, yeah. I guess I haven't lost my job, so <laughs> yeah, got that going for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, um, I, same thing. I you know, it's like the my sponsor always said, um, you know, basically you know, started some shares that way to say like, you know, when you, you know, you're the age you um, you know, when you started drinking, that's the age that you stay, kind of stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the maturity that you have, you know, in your um, you know, you when you come into recovery, you pretty, I mean, you're very immature. You know, I mean, not to say that I've grown 
a whole lot, but I have grown enough to where I'm at least able to like see that I was definitely a lot more immature than I am, you know, today. So, you know, and again, you're talking, you know, uh, again, you know, I know I, I, uh, talk about it in the past where it's like, you know, I, I put the, the cable in my name and that to me was like very immature thing to do for once but yeah that's kind of where i was at right because i was afraid yeah. to make those decisions and stuff like that but yeah but as far as the the immaturity i think not being able to kind of grow emotionally again i had five emotions you know i mean well maybe you know i mean and they weren't they weren't varied right you know i was i was happy sad you know angry you know um i don't know maybe i mean i find two more but um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but you know, I, I didn't have. <laughs> oh yeah, horny definitely had that emotion <laughs> a lot. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, within that, I didn't understand the range of those emotions, right? You know, so right. I didn't understand when it came to anger that, like, you know, I could be, um, I could be disappointed, or I could be frustrated, or you know what I mean? Like, I didn't understand any of the very. To me, it was like it's just like caveman emotions, right? Like mm-hmm. I literally like, you know, me Carl bad. Oh. <laughs> me, me, <laughs> me feel terrible. Oh, not good. Right. You know, and, uh, and so I didn't really, um, so when you don't take the time to really, you know, um, evaluate those things. And by the way, I learned a lot of this stuff by going to ACA. That was like a big part of it. Uh, again, you going to AA, no doubt, but, um, but, Part of that was like getting really interested in uh, doing the podcast when we were doing the podcast and we were like uh, before whatever, November 21, we did some series on um, like the feelings, right? Mm-hmm. And the so feelings wheel, the feelings <laughs> wheel, right? So, and that's where I, a lot of that stuff, I was like, oh, feelingswheel.com. Um, you know, I learned like all those like variations of emotions through actually just like looking that stuff up, you know seeing how I felt later, right, or whatever, and then kind of making note of that. It's like, oh, what do I feel? Like, I feel bad. Well, why do I feel bad? And I have to I have to find reference if I don't have the language for it. And you called, you you said it really well in one of our, our podcasts. Like, you, you say, like, emotional literacy. And yeah. the first time you said emotional literacy, my like, my brain just, like, you know, I'm like, ding, ding, ding. I was like, oh, my God, that's <laughs> so great. Like, that's such a good term. Um, and I was like, I don't know where you got it, but I definitely was like, holy shit, like that, that really explains a lot of what I didn't have. I did not have emotional literacy at all. And yeah. it was just really, it, and then coming into sobriety or recovery, that's a pretty scary thing, don't you think? Yeah. Like when you don't realize like, holy shit, like I really don't operate like other people at this point. I'm really like not on par in this level and, and, and. You know, when you start coming from that deficit, it can be really <laughs> scary. And I think that's, I don't know about you, but like when I look at people who are definitely having their hard time and they're going through that first six months and they're starting to feel it, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of them go out just based off of the emotional, um, you know, hurt, you know, that comes with yeah. this process. So um, did, did you ever feel like you were going to go out like uh, because of your... Uh, I guess inability to regulate emotions on a rational <laughs> level. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um everything everything was like an irrational thought, especially in the beginning because I could not discern like what reality was versus just, you know, these catastrophic ideas I had in my head. You know, I couldn't determine what was real or likely going to happen versus like what 
is never going to happen, you know, mm. because I, I just would create these scenarios in my head. And so, um, you know, what worked for me in the past was drinking, right? <laughs> I didn't have to think all of those crazy scenarios because I knew that that would take me right out of the what ifs, um, mm -hmm. even just temporarily. And when so, in doubt, drink it out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like not having that emotional intelligence, that, that emotional literacy. I mean, I just think of it as like, I'm, I'm uncomfortable in my own skin and I don't know how to express myself or, or understand why it is. And if I can't explain why, how am I supposed to talk it out with anyone? Mm -hmm. So I might as well just revert back to the one thing that I know will, you know, give me some relief. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, I, I always credit my higher power to keeping me sober that first year because mm -hmm. I was not in a good spot. Like, you know, I, I had some support, but I, I was still like hiding in the shadows of, am I really an alcoholic? You know, so I wasn't really branching out and doing things the proper way, you know, a, a good way. I was really teetering on some, danger, dangerous, uh, circumstances, you know, uh, going to bars, like, you know, just having idle hands and time to myself. But, um, it's really uncomfortable when you first get sober. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. Like you can be the most social person. You can be like really smart. Like it is uncomfortable because you've just taken away one thing that comforts you. Right. And, um, yeah, I got to the point where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to drink anymore. I hate who I am even when I'm drinking, especially because I'm drinking. And so it was kind of like, well, it, it stopped working for me, but it's the only thing that ever helped. So what do I mm -hmm. do now? Like mm -hmm. I just suffer. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to suffer. Um, you know, so it's, it's hard. And I think, um, it's really easy to just go back out and, and pick up again because, you know, why not? Why it's torture also, yourself? It's the devil that you know, right? And exactly. it's like, I would much rather like experience that pain. But like you said, you know, it didn't work anymore. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, and that's where it's like, when it gets to that level, you're like, you know, again, you know, we, what did it say in the big book? You know, we could no longer, you know, um, imagine a life with drinking and could no longer imagine life without drinking. And to us, it's like, it just seemed, you know, it, again, hopeless. It's it's like, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's the, um, it's the, uh, it's, what do they call it again? Boy, <laughs> I, think, I always forget it every time, you know, um, but it, it is a place where you know, we get to that ju jumping off place, right? Like you just like you like either the breaking either, point, the rock yeah, bottom. Yeah. yeah. So um, so it, and I think here's the thing. I was like, but once you get into sobriety a little bit and you start, you know, kind of you, you do come back alive. Once the ego kind of comes back and says, oh, I got this. <laughs> it's like, well, then you're kind of ready to ride the train again. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, and that's where I always messed up. Like, so, you know, I would get again, you get come back to life a little bit and you know and then i start and i really mess stuff up because my, i can't i can't grow emotionally right so i can't deal with that pain everything i'm too sensitive completely so every little thing will set me off and then i basically end up drinking again only so so that i can kind of get get back to baseline whatever that may be right um 
at, at that moment. <laughs> that baseline is always going down. I'll tell you that. So, so, um, so, but for me, this last time, it was, uh, it was a lot of like you know, you say you know, I attribute that to my higher power, and I'm like, I 100% agree with that. Um, I don't know how I got from there to here, to be honest. I really like there's that that first year, especially, um, two years, probably even more so because I felt more crazy off alcohol than I did on it. And, and that was like, I mean, like, I guess all the points, right? Like, not only did I like, I pull out my will and I grit my teeth and I bear it, but you know, I get to those levels where I got to like pray really goddamn hard and I get mm-hmm. to the things where I'm like, I'm crying every day or whatever it may be. I'm fighting with everybody around me. I'm like, I'm doing everything but drink. Right. Uh, and it just, it's just, it's, that's madness, right? That's the insanity. Yep. So again, that's where I was, I, you know, I figured out the second half of the first step. <laughs> it, t- it took me two years, but I did it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but that's the idea of it. It's like, it's really insane to be doing all that shit. And then it's like all that emotional shit with, you don't really know how to like, for me, it was like, again, it was this tsunami of emotion that came back. And it was the thing that like, it killed me because it was like, uh, it was uncontrollable as far as I was concerned, and I did not know how to regulate. I did not know how to participate, quote unquote, with everybody else. And it was just like, um, just you know, I I I just didn't want to be on planet Earth anymore with people anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was, and that was being sober, you know. Um, so yeah, it took me a, a a while to really come out of that. And and I think what it really took is again continue to be honest talking about that stuff when it came up um uh, my sponsor like was just you know invaluable i could not um i don't think that i would i wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for him to be honest uh and and just being able to talk to somebody period going to meetings doing the work getting into all these things and you know introspection and you know all that other crap Mm -hmm. this podcast all of it fits with you know being able to deal with that shit uh, and again, going to a counselor, right? You know, okay, all that crap. Like, if it wasn't for all of it, I don't know if I would be here today, to be honest, right? Mm-hmm. And if I was here, like, I don't know if I would be here with a bottle in my mouth or not, you know, or otherwise. Yeah. So, um, so how do you do? You feel like you've grown? Uh, how would you measure your uh, maturity? Like, people talk about it like this, like you know. You, it's like almost like dog years, right? Like, so you, for every year you're sober, you kind of get like, you know, whatever, two or three years of maturity mm. back kind of a thing. Mm. Uh, how do you, do, how do you view your past self, like your early sobriety versus, um, you know, your sobriety today? Do, how, like, if you're going to put yourself like at an age limit, you said like at what you were, um, you started drinking at what, what age, 16 or something? Mm, 15? 14 or 15. 14. Yeah. So, so when you when you first stopped drinking, that's kind of what your maturity level was, right? Mm-hmm. So then, which mine was probably like twelve. <laughs> so, <laughs> then, so then, so then, it's when I started though. So, um, so and I feel like I've matured like a whole, like a whole lot, right? You know, I, I stopped yeah. at forty two, so I felt like, you know, fifty one now. So I'm like, okay, so I feel like in that nine years, like I've almost cut up to my age. I mean, like, give or take ten years. But you, <laughs> but you know what I mean. How uh, how do you feel about your maturity level as you as you progress? Well, as far as emotional maturity, it's night and day. Like uh, I 
I remember thinking like whenever I'd go to therapy in the beginning, I'd always say like, I know I need to do this, but like, I, you know, I don't want to. Um, and it was kind of like everything that I, uh, I wanted to do, I needed to do the exact opposite. So mm. I wanted to like avoid avoidance is like my favorite thing. I mm. wanted to avoid a certain person or situation. And what I really needed to do was address it head on, you yeah. know, and confront the issue. Um, and so does not that shit suck? Of course it sucks. <laughs> but that's what I learned is like, we, we can't sweep things under the rug. We cannot just, turn our head and pretend it doesn't exist because chances are you'll wake up tomorrow and the problem will still be there until you actually look at it in the face. Um, and so I learned that, um, some temporary discomfort is way, you know, it's so, so worthwhile for long lasting peace. Um, and then another thing, like, I still, I'm not great at it. You know, I'm not, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I'm not as level-headed as people my age. I'll tell you that. Um, I still feel very, like, impulsive sometimes and um, wanting to lash out because I don't know how to cope as a human on this earth. Uh, but one thing I have gotten a lot better at is setting boundaries and, um, pausing when agitated and not saying the first thing that comes out of my fucking head like thank god um, for that huh yeah you know and and knowing like when to walk away from a situation um and, and being okay with it because my peace is more important than saying my peace you know what i mean so mm -hmm. um i i don't know if i could put like an age on it but you know i I was always told growing up that I'm very mature for my age. And I think people think that's a compliment, but I was like, thanks. It's the trauma that I went through, you know, like <laughs> I had to grow up a little bit. <laughs> it's the trauma. Thank you very thanks. much. It looks good on me. <laughs> and I used to, I used to kind of like love that people thought I was so mature and, mm. and really like, I think I learned how to cope with, uh, the discomforts in my life in unhealthy ways and somehow that made me appear like I had my shit together when really I was just a complete shit show dumpster fire inside. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I felt like, yeah, maybe I had matured, you know, somewhat in some ways like growing up. And so I wasn't completely lacking, but, uh, what I did not, have maturity in is how to regulate my emotions and cope with life like everyone else did. I just, that took a lot of time. It still is a practice I have to do to this day. You know, I, mm -hmm. I still have to, you know, sit back and be like, okay, well that was a dumbass move. Or I said that thing way too fast. Like, why do you say everything that you like think like that mm -hmm. is just terrible. And you know, then I have to go and apologize. But the me now knows when to recognize that I'm in the wrong quicker and I address it a lot quicker, you know, instead of just avoiding or blaming, you know, gaslighting people. So yeah. I'm just amazed that I even address that at all. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because I never used to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, yeah, it's funny. I, I, do, I don't want to like, um, 
give the impression that uh you know i didn't i didn't know anything or didn't do anything either i think you know like you say uh um you know i was mature in a lot of different areas right mm-hmm. so uh uh i knew a lot of uh, adult things that a child should not know right mm-hmm. there's just so i think i had to i was put into adult situations where i had to um um uh, you know uh deal with adult things and yeah, that it changes you, but you know the other things that I feel like I should have been learning, I didn't. You know, so whether like I said, it was like relationships, interpersonal skills. You know, I had a way of dealing with something that was like, you know, I mean, <laughs> if you go put me in my old neighborhood, I will get by just fine. <laughs> you know? so, but, I'm a hood rat. <laughs> but, but but if you but the thing, you know, so you you know, it's it's different from going from the street to the to the conference room. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't deal with situations in a conference room the way that you would deal them with the, on the street. And so for me, uh, I had to learn how to do that stuff. And that was a struggle in and of itself. So uh, but, you know, and then trying to do that while being, you know, uh, under the influence or, you know, having, you know, drinking every day, um, it really does uh, put you at a, a disadvantage. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, other people are learning how to do that stuff. Other people are, are navigating that stuff better. And I certainly was not. So, so what I do is I, I, I re, you know, resort back to old behaviors, old patterns of behavior, old ways of doing things like you say, retaliation or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it would be. So again, and that's the environment that it doesn't work out in. Right. People, <laughs> people in business don't like to be called fucktards. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> especially in front of their bosses, you know. Oh, so like um, an experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen here, fucktard. Uh, but uh, um, but yeah. So so what? But here's the thing: is the things that I was good at, right? I would do that stuff and I would excel at those things because I got rewarded for those things. Or, you know, again, when it came to the work, right, I would do that stuff because it, I got rewarded for that stuff. And so, mm-hmm. of course, I would invest all my emotional and mental energies into those things. And mm-hmm. again, that's where all my higher level thinking would go to those things. And the balance was not there. And that was the worst part about it. It was just coming back to balance again, which is I didn't have any balance in, in the in the personal, emotional you know mm-hmm. level so uh so when it came down to it you know i could do things that served you know my job or other things making money etc uh you're talking my way out of a speeding ticket whatever you know <laughs> but but when it came down to interpersonal skills when it came to my children or my my wife or you know anybody else in my in my sphere of influence i was i was just reckless that's all there was to mm-hmm. it there was no there was no uh, pausing when agitated. There was like mm-hmm. flying off the handle when agitated. Yep. Uh, there was like, you know, punch a hole in the fucking wall when agitated, right? Yeah. You know, beat the shit out of anything in the garage kind of agitated. So, yeah, I, I did all that stuff. And, and so, yeah, like you say, not perfect. Nobody's fucking perfect. God, I wish we were. This would be a such better show, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> but uh, but the fact is, is like, you know, we, we make the mistakes. We get to make the mistakes today in order to like do that stuff. And that's what I really love about recovery is like how we embrace like all those bigger mistakes of who we are, the faultiness of it all. And like, we like lean into that shit all the Mm -hmm. time. And that becomes the journey that becomes the adventure. It's like, man, I really fucked it up, but let me tell you how I did it. Right. You know, It's like, you know, and I fucking had, you know, at the end, like I learned this, that or the other. And it's like, we embrace that shit way more than we used to. Right. We just step in and lean into all that shit in a way that the general, you know, Joe Blow public does not 
comprehend, nor would they ever fucking volunteer for. Like right. we do it because it saves our lives. Mm-hmm. And I, but I fucking love it. By the way, I love the way we fucking like have to do this thing because if well, you we don't have do to it, be this like way, shameless almost. Yeah, you yeah, know, we have yeah. to really put that aside for our own sake and for the sake of the people around us to know that they're not alone going through mm-hmm. whatever fucked up shit that they have to clean up. Exactly. So, yeah. and the general public, I wish, I wish more people were like that, you know, and just say like, look, I fucked up. I did yeah. this. My bad. I want you to know, <laughs> I know I fucked up. What can I do to fix it? Wouldn't the world be much better if we could all just humble oh, ourselves enough to Lord, do that? Yeah. You know, I think they preach it. Uh, what do they call it? Um, church. <laughs> <laughs> I think they do. I just don't think that a lot of, I think they, people get up out of that thing and go like, ah, not today. but you know i think for us it's like you know it is the life or death kind of stuff right Mm -hmm. you know so you know we go through this like yeah you know we were uh you know we're emotionally stunted we're definitely like um you know we're ill prepared we really don't know what the fuck we're doing and then when we get out into this thing we're kind of told like by our peers like just keep doing it right just keep like just hang in there and keep doing what you're doing because, you know, eventually it'll smooth out. Like, you will see, like, eventually it'll pay off. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, and I think other people are just like, nah, they just, they don't see the benefits right away, so they just bail out. And then they don't have the the life-saving, you know, drive behind that. To them, it's just like their lives, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, but the fact is, is like, to us, it's literally life or death, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's where we go, like, oh, if I don't do this, I will die. Like, this will be, like, the end of me. And so we just kind of got to go, we just kind of grin and bear it a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. that's why I, I, that's why I love about what we do. It's like, it's so like, um, so necessary, <laughs> you know, just absolutely necessary. Yep. All right, Chelsea, what do you think? We spent enough time talking about this emotional glass case of emotion or whatever. So I think um, so. What would you tell the people who are, um, who are having a fucking hard time with their, with their pretty little emotions? Mm. Well, one thing that I did, especially early on, was I just journaled about it a lot. You know, if there's something that I wanted to say to someone, like that would be maybe (laughs) not well received, I would write about it and and think about it and, you know, maybe talk to a sponsor about it before acting on it. Um, You know, get get the feelings that you're holding inside out somehow. Music, journaling, go the canyon and scream it into the mountains like just don't hold it in because um that's that's just kind of avoiding and and your own behavior getting into your head again at least that's how it would be for me um the only time I started getting relief was when I started talking about it and so I I would just encourage people to talk about how you're feeling even if you're having a hard time describing it because I don't think I would have known like I'm frustrated or I'm jealous, you know, I would just be like, I'm mad. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I, you know, and like all of that was just wrapped into mad because that's the only adjective I knew, um, you know, how to describe it. So, you know, just try, you know, and the one thing that you want to do, like think about why you want to do it and maybe try the exact opposite thing from what you would normally do. So for me, I would ghost someone. I would just like straight up cut them off, not talk to them at all. And what I needed to start doing was in the moment, you know, when I, if I'm calm enough, say, Hey, 
like what you just said bothered me or, you Mm -hmm. know, you know, just like addressing it. And so maybe, maybe you're the opposite. Like you fly off the handle. Um, anytime someone like irritates you, maybe the first thing you need to do is walk away for a little while. So it's just kind of interesting and, um, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's so worth it. I'm such a happier person now that I have learned, um, I haven't mastered, but I've learned how to be more intelligent emotionally and mm-hmm. it serves me well, like in all aspects of my life, family, friends, work, um, you know, anything. Yeah. What about yeah. you? What are your parting words, Carl? Um, masturbate. Just always masturbate. Yep. <laughs> Just get her done. Just get it out any way you can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did say that, so. <laughs> um, no, you know, uh, I mean, I can only say from personal experience, like, I got into this, right? Like, I was like, you know, what makes Carl tick kind of stuff. And, uh, um, and, and I, you know, I did, I, I, I learned a lot. I, I read a lot of books. I, uh, I, uh, for things that I didn't understand, uh, I definitely had to reach in, you know, l- learn like what all those things were. Like I had to just even like, I, if, as it even came down to like, like looking up for higher powers and stuff. Like I had to go like, wow. Like I had to like learn all that stuff. Like, and I was just like, what are my options man? Come to, there's a lot of options. So, <laughs> so, and then, um, like I say, I, I leaned into it all and I just kept following where the path took me and I didn't let up until, I, you know, found the answer that, you know, I felt satisfactory with. So, uh, again, all the same stuff you said, talk to people, you know, uh, talk it out. I think, uh, like I say, uh, heard it in a meeting. It's the only disease we can talk to death. Um, it becomes one of those things where it's like, um, you know, uh, you know, closed mouth does not get fed. And that's the idea behind it is just to really start to get those things out. One of the things I really had to get through and I didn't really understand it until I did. I, you know, I didn't let anybody close to me in, right? Mm. Even like I still mm-hmm. kept people at that distance, you know. And then, uh, you know, because I always wanted to appear like I had my shit together somehow, <laughs> <laughs> even though. I, but as soon as I started letting people in, like about the real shit that was going on and the real ways I thought, um, you know, I think one of those things was just like admitting like that my some of my greatest weaknesses, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, when I started saying stuff like, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like a piece of shit. Like I feel shame, you know, mm-hmm. that to me was like, um, like, I think that helped other people who were close to me realize like, oh shit, like, like Carl's a little bit more damaged than we think. Right. Yeah. Carl needs a little bit more help than we like really understood. Right. Cause I always look like I had my shit together, but when I got mm-hmm. vulnerable, when I got honest and, uh, like you said, it was like, I had to lean into it. Um, and I had to kind of do the opposite. Uh, it was uncomfortable as fuck. Yeah, it really was. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I had to start doing. Is I had to just start confessing of like, you know, the shit that was going on with me. Um, you know, and it's hard. It's hard, especially as a dude. You know, you're supposed to be like fucking, you know, I'm a fucking man. And I you know, <laughs> I don't need shit. Just, just, my, just my truck and masturbation. That's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> so, boy, I really took that and on a whole nother level. <laughs> and a Bud Light. <laughs> and a Bud Light. Country. <laughs> no, but so, I get what you're saying. And my dog. Um, but uh, yeah, no, and, and so yeah, I think that's a little different there. You know, I was like, I, I had to like, 
you know, I remember being that way when I was a kid, right? I remember being like really sensitive, but you know, but I remember being talked out of that shit. Like, oh, you're mm. too sensitive. You know, you, you you cry at every little thing. You know, da, da, da. you know, all this other shit. You know, and it's like people, and I know that people try to do that to like, you know, make you tougher or whatever. But man, you know, there's a point when you kind of <laughs> back the fuck off, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So you know, for me, I um, you know, I think I needed more understanding, and that just didn't exist. So so I ended up like I ended up stuffing all that shit down and and just you know pushing it all down. All right, so that's it. That's all she wrote. That's the end. Is that the end, Chelsea? It's the end of the world. Are we breaking? As we know it. Out of our glass case of emotion, are we? Have we broken out? We're way out here. Way <laughs> out. <laughs> I better put some clothes on. Um, if you would like to join our Facebook group, go to facebook.com/group/sewerpod. We have Bangin' Bod Phil there, who does an exercise class once a week. And we also have V, who hosts the official meeting of SoberPod. Um, she's a member there. You can find the meeting information on SoberPod.com. And it is every Saturday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Do you know, I was asked by V to be a speaker. Were you asked yet? No. Oh, you will be. <laughs> so, so I was asked to be a speaker, and I forget. I think it's in July... Um, oh, I don't even know. Like maybe like the the twenty fourth or something. Uh I'd have you to You know what the go, July twenty fourth is in Utah? What is it? It's what I would affectionately call pie uh, and beer day. Sorry, I think it's oh, I don't even know what day it is. The twenty uh second maybe? Mm. So what is it again? Oh maybe it's the twenty ninth. No, it's the twenty ninth, sorry. Twenty ninth mm. is what it is. Okay. What is what well, is July twenty fourth in Utah is called Pioneer D- Pioneer Day, but I would uh-huh. call it Pie and Beer Day. Oh, <laughs> um, it's a it's a strange holiday, but what what do they what do they what do they celebrate? They though? celebrate the pioneers settling in Utah. Good old uh, Mormon the Mormons? pioneers. <laughs> okay, got it, got it. But there were Just, people in Utah before they got there, though, right? Native Americans. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. There's no other people, I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how it goes. All right, yo. Well, um, well, that's it. That's all she wrote. That's 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 the end of the show. That's it. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> oh, don't forget uh, friends in recovery. Right? They um they are friends in recovery, and we we are like I don't know if we're doing again. I think I just heard Ed say I don't know if we're doing the friends in recovery network thing. You know the fire network so He's you know backing out. I, I well no i just don't think that just like i mean i think the same thing it's like nobody wants nobody signed on to do it so we've been announcing it for six months i think we gave it a chance right mm-hmm. so i think at this point we're just gonna like we might just phase it out so well, regardless so, go check them out they're good yeah people. regardless it is basically our uh what we would call like our sister show i guess is that what we would call it or maybe our cousin show not our um, sister wife. <laughs> our sister <laughs> wives <laughs> from Utah in the pioneer days. But um, <laughs> that's sad. That's so sad. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, go check out uh, uh, Friends in Recovery uh, Community.org where you find like a podcast. They do all the 12 step and, you know, recovery stuff. They have speakers on actually, or not speakers, but guests where it sounds like. You know, they still do these little interviews. You get to learn a lot more from really specialized people when they do that stuff. Hmm. So that's kind of cool. Other than just our little talkity talk, 
kind of stuff where you get to know us. But they have like people that um, are are specialists in their little things that they do. So it's kind of cool. So go check them out. Friends in Recovery podcast. Look them up. All right, Chelsea. This is officially it. This is officially the end. Okay. <laughs> what do you say to the to the kind unhealthy people out there? Deuces, motherfucker. <laughs> I love that you just took over the motherfucker. <laughs> like, I don't even get it anymore, man. <laughs> Alright, stay active, stay sober. Soberpie.com. <laughs> 366 fucking days sober Yeah it was a sight to see them. Yeah. Breakfast was Sprite and Seagrams. Wrestling with my vices. Exercising my demons. My blessings were blocked, so I never got the message. I'm stressing. I'm only 12 steps from an exit. Damn. Regret it. Because my imperfections were perfected. I ain't run from it. I accept it and rep it. It's a badge to me. Good stories come from a tragedy. And when you survive, the glory will come in Act 3. three. The wait's over. 366 fucking days sober. Morning affirmations that can start the day for you. Use my favorite book. Mark for a placeholder, finish when the day's over, okay? Okay, 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 Yeah, sober pod, keep it authentic, no facades. If it's real, then you know it's ours. Welcome, welcome.